0: Hello, and welcome to season two of the podcast, Human Design with Livy. Each week, I sit down with incredible guests who candidly share about their journeys of growing their personal brands online. We dive into their own brand story, their expertise and their human design. I've honestly learned so much from each guest, and I can't wait for everyone to enjoy this series too. Here's a snippet of what's to come. Success has nothing to do with how much money you're bringing in, and it has everything to do with the quality and depth of connections that you're making. And that actually, when you start to measure success by that parameter, every single day gets to be successful. And then naturally, the money and the profit and the impact will come
1: in. And I think one of the best ways to make your offer irresistible is to speak to enough people that have the same problem, that you learn from hearing the same complaints and desires. Okay, that's what I have to create. A very, very important part of my brand is actually ease, which felt and feels still
0: like a real challenge because it's having to undo this kind of impulse to keep on doing, not working like an animal, but just actually really taking the time to be where I'm at.
1: You can be expanded by somebody and not have to copy paste. There are strategies and structures, but like it, really has to come from within and it's so unique when it does.
0: Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This week's guest is Julia Smith. Julia is a 2-4 energy projector. She's a business and marketing coach and agency owner and runs multiple e-commerce businesses. She lives in Ibiza with her husband and her dogs and teaches coaches and service providers on how to fill their masterminds, group programs and have retainer clients using ads and funnels. In the episode, we talk about her defining moments in creating multiple six-figure businesses, why she closed down all of her groups and mastermind, and set up a business in a completely different way to what everyone else was doing in the coaching industry. Highlights of the episode include how to excel in your business by investing in the right coaches, the burnout that we see often behind high-income months, how to create a business model that actually works for you, how to use funnels to passively generate sales in your business, common misconceptions about funnels and sales cycles, and so much more. I've personally had the benefit of working with Julia, and I would say she's the coach that I've probably seen the most return on investment with. She is a true genius at what she does, and I really hope you're going to learn so much from this episode. So welcome to the podcast, Julia.
1: I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here to chat to you. Good. So, do you want to introduce yourselves to the listeners? Who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So, I'm Julia. Um, I'm a marketing coach. I also have a marketing agency and some e-commerce businesses. I'm a projector. My human design. Uh, I'm 32. I'm originally from Italy. Uh, grew up in England and now live in Ibiza in Spain.
0: Wow, amazing!
1: I love the fact (laughs) you've got like
0: multiple businesses. (laughs) It's not that usual, actually, in the coaching industry. You kind of tend to see people just with the one business, don't you? And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's dive into that. Do you want to tell me? Um, I start with all guests just asking to share three defining moments in building up their personal brand. I know you've got a few brands, but Mm -hmm. um, perhaps yeah, share some defining moments in in your journey of getting
1: to where you are today. Um, Yeah, very good question. So definitely a defining moment for me was um during the pandemic when I in the space of one week lost every single client that I had in my marketing agency wow. um I hadn't actually launched my coaching business yet I co- I launched it like a couple of weeks later so my agency at the time was like the only source of income um and like my husband had lost his job because he was a tv producer so they'd stopped filming his show so wow. then it had fallen on me but then I lost all my clients like literally in five days wow. um, and I was living in London had like expensive rent had a team to pay obviously had not foreseen that happening um, and it was a real pivotal moment of you know I I thought of so many different things that I could do with that situation you know do I go and get a job do I go and do something else do I try and rebuild my agency um, and you know I went down the route of choosing to rebuild my agency I rebuilt it very differently to what it was like before um, and it's a moment I always think back to of like you know, if I'd chosen something different, what would life be like now? Yeah. But I'm glad that I went with that choice because doing that has allowed so many other amazing things to happen in my life had I not gone for that choice. Um so that was really, really pivotal. Um uh-huh.
0: so why sense. did what happened? Was it because of the pandemic clients just decided to not spend on on marketing? Or? Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I think it was like the Friday after lockdown was announced. Um, everyone obviously didn't know what it was, what was gonna happen. And so I think immediately and this was companies that were ranging from like you know a freelancer to like giant corporates um that I think that they all went into panic mode and were like right we have to cut all spending and so the first thing they all looked at was like hey marketing not necessary, cut 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 so a lot of them were like oh we're just pausing for a month or, we're pausing for three months but like only one came back nice. that was like in August and they all paused in March um so yeah that was it was I, wild.
0: <laughs> it, I find that kind of counterintuitive, knowing how like important marketing is for your business. Like surely it's a thing that you want to invest in to kind of at a time where you could actually get a competitive edge in the market. If everyone else is doing, I don't know, that seems bizarre to me, but I guess maybe they just had to.
1: I think then we're all just in like a, a state of panic and mm-hmm. uncertainty and just thought, oh, we don't know how long this is gonna last. We have to conserve our cash um and so just all you know obviously no one really served their notice or anything like everyone was just like bye I'm gone and it was like oh okay um so
0: just before that kind of how how had you built up a marketing had you had a background like in studying it or in um in corporate jobs or how how would it work
1: um so I didn't have a I've got a degree in psychology um but then I went to work for Unilever in their marketing department so I did that like three four years um and what was great about working there was that I basically learned like everything to do with marketing uh, because we didn't have like divisions of marketing it was just whether you're doing websites social media ads influencer marketing global launches new product launches blah blah blah. blah. like it was all under the same team so I learned like basically everything to do with marketing and so then when I left well I just basically wanted to leave because I felt like I'd reached uh, for years i would had this calling of like do your own thing and when I was I had tried so many times to launch multiple other businesses that um, now, when I look back, I'm like, if I'd have stuck those out, I, I was like ahead of my time. Like there was yeah. things I was launching then that have then been released like years later. No way! Damn it! Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just always wanted to kind of do my own thing, and I just reached a point where I was like, right, I've been in the corporate world for five years. You know, I, I'm in London. I live in a great place to kind of network and you know do things. And when I was in the job, we were having marketing agencies pitch to do the work and in the meetings, I was like, I want to be on that side, like, yeah. there are loads, like, I want to be on the marketing <laughs> agency side, um, so then I just left, and actually, when I left, I had no plan, I just, I'd actually reached a point of burnout, um, and just quit, went off on stress for, like, three months, and then at the end of those three months, I was like, yeah, I'm not going back, um, but then I had no, like, no plan, which obviously, I would not recommend to anyone now, mm-hmm. um, and so what I did was, like, initially try and find another job in marketing. And I literally sent out like 160 applications, did not even get one interview request. Like it that was a real stab to my ego. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. But again, living in London, had to pay my rent, like was like, what can I do? Um so then I was like, okay, let me just turn to LinkedIn and try and get some clients. Had no strategy, no plan other than an urgency to pay my rent. So I was like, right, let me hustle. So I hustled Mm. and literally space of like two weeks. Uh, I'd signed enough clients that I was like making 10k a month on my own and I was like what like it blew my mind because it had been so soon after I left my job Yeah. Um, but I was doing it all by myself so I had I'd also had no coach I didn't even know what coaching was back then yeah. I had like, no coaching no anything it's just me like working with all these clients like it was it was actually way too much work um and again that got to a point where I burnt out and either they left or I quit and so I went back to zero, but in that moment when that happened, I had just convinced my brother to quit his full-time job and come and work with me.
0: Right.
1: So I was like, okay, well, I've got to do something because now we're both that not have any work. <laughs> um, but then I was like, okay, right. let me turn it into an agency. Cause I realized what the issue was with the freelance model was not that there was anything wrong with the work. It was just, it was all going through me and it was too much for like one person. So like if I build an agency, then people understand that I'm not the kind of main touch point. So I'll bring in account managers, I'll bring in service providers, and I'll just be the face that sells the offer. And so that was how I launched my marketing agency with my brother. Um, and that was four, five years ago now. Um, and yeah, and then kind of grew it to kind of where it's at now. But that was initially how we, um, yeah, how we built it.
0: Wow yeah I was gonna ask actually was burnout kind of part of the story because you do see it quite regularly especially in projectors actually of like yeah to um like hustle and just yeah not knowing when enough is enough and I think it's very common for projectors to go into corporate roles and not you know not knowing their projectors not knowing how their energy works and just try to keep up with everyone else and it kind of just yeah results in burnout so yeah
1: because also I only discovered human design like maybe 18 months ago, maybe less wow. uh, before that, I didn't know. Cause also before I moved to Ibiza, I wasn't like into anything, different from the norm you know I was in London grew up on the, the north of England like just no one was into anything like that so I wasn't exposed to it only when I moved here
0: right. everyone
1: was open more liberal whatever that I was introduced to the because apparently the founder of human design had came up with the Navitha yeah sounds like amazing um yeah. <laughs> so before then I didn't know anything about human design and when I did I was like oh this all makes so much sense I wish yeah. I'd known this as like a child <laughs> Yeah, um, literally yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. game-changing stuff
0: yeah no. and actually Ra used to say like this information is like you know whilst it's good for adults like really the focus is the children because then you get them you know before they actually start getting conditioned and sort of taken off their path and their individuality and um so yeah I I I had the same kind of um thoughts when I first discovered it. I was like I wish I'd known this sooner I wish I you know (laughs) discovered this sooner but yeah anyway so um we'll talk about like why you chose to go to Ibiza maybe but um Mm -hmm. Yeah, is there another sort of moment? So you've built up the marketing agency mm-hmm. um, and you, well, you'd lo- you lost your clients pre- during the pandemic. And then yeah. what was the next kind of big thing, would you say?
1: Um, I guess the next thing was then like launching my coaching business. Um, which I only like, I had had the idea of doing it for years. And to be honest, it wasn't a coaching business. It was, I wanted to launch an Instagram page that gave business advice. Again, I have no exposure to coaches. I didn't follow coaches. Like obviously I'd heard of like Tony Robbins. I've been to Tony Robbins, but I didn't know it on like a smaller level. You know, I knew like him or nothing else um but I'd had so many people ask me all the time how to start your business how to get clients how to do marketing That I was like oh wouldn't it be great if I made a page where I just shared tips and tricks about marketing so that's what I did if you scroll back to the beginning of my Instagram there's just loads of videos of me talking about like random stuff to do with marketing <laughs> or like you know energy or whatever um and then it was a friend of mine that uh, was also an agency owner uh like back then, and she still is now, like introduced me to the world of coaching. And she was like, oh, I've got a coach. She's helping. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I didn't even know that you could, I don't know, I hadn't come across yeah. it really. And so I started following a few coaches on Instagram um, and then thought, you know what? Like there's a lot of people that I speak to that want me, my agency to do their marketing, but just haven't got the budget uh to invest you know so they want they have but they have the time to learn so let me teach them instead so it was never really a plan to be a coach like I, I used to be a tutor when I was younger so mm-hmm. i have always liked teaching people like certain things and, and helping them see their potential really mo- more importantly um but then yeah just kind of fell into it because I'd only started the page really for information not to sell anything um and then eventually over time from following other coaches I was like oh I could do this um and then yeah fell into kind of the the coaching world that I'm in now
0: wow wow so um who was your first coach and what did you what did you learn about like from did you just like yeah how did you decide to invest or um yeah what was that talk
1: to us about that moment yeah so my friend that introduced me to the coaching world was Aisha from Surge Social um who is an amazing woman and her coach at the time was a woman called Amy from social cactus. Mm -hmm. Um, So she'd been saying like how amazing Amy was, how much she transformed her uh, agency and me and I sure were like a similar level. Uh, So I thought, okay, well, if it's worked for sure, it can work for me. So then I booked a VIP day with Amy. And honestly, it was the best day ever. Like we went to the Shard in London. My favorite thing to do in London is afternoon tea. We had afternoon tea at the Shard. I was like, (laughs) best day ever. Um, (laughs) and we just spent the whole day like obviously again you know every time I start a business I don't now I'm very different in Mm -hmm. that I'll always get coaching but back then I didn't know what any of it was so I just kind of always figure it out by myself so having that day with Amy was so amazing because i had been trying to sell my coaching but with zero strategy zero knowledge or anything and not really it wasn't working and then that one day like I love VIP days because you just get so much information in that one day like in that day we basically built my coaching business Um, Before that, I had one client for three months that paid me 500 pounds and that was it. And then, literally, like three days, not three days, the following month after that VIP day, I'd hit like a 10K month. And I was like, bloody hell, like, this is insane how much a coach can make a difference to your business. Um, And so, she was my first experience and then went on to be in her mastermind um, for the following year. And then I've worked with like a couple of other coaches uh, since. And yeah, I mean, I think. I think in this day and age, it's impossible. It's, I would say, impossible to like succeed at a good rate without any kind of guidance or support from someone in some capacity. You don't always need it for everything. Now, what I'm more focused on when I work with a coach is like I work with specialists. I, I don't, I used to work a lot with like a general coach that would look at my entire business. But because I feel like I've got a lot of that over the last two, three years, now it's more specialists in individual areas. Maybe it's mindset, maybe it's energy, maybe it's funnels, maybe it's, the, you know, my agency. Like I want, like specific coaches to help me excel to the next level. And that's kind of what I invest in now, uh, you know, going forward.
0: Yeah. So what would you say to, if if somebody was in like the earlier stages of their business, so kind of like, you know, like you did the VIP day um, and yeah, maybe they've been sort of doing their thing for like a a couple of years and they're finding, they're starting to find their rhythm and their flow. Like, is is that where you'd say, kind of go to more specialist advice at at that point or would you recommend...
1: It depends if they've got like, if they feel like they've got the foundations of their business in place. By that, I mean, they're hitting a particular income level that they're fine with, they're happy with, but they know they can do more. Maybe they've already got their offers built out. um, They've got their marketing in place. You know, they've like got a certain level of mindset already that they've worked on. That's potentially a great point to go with this particular specialist. And I only recommend that when you've got clarity on like, what do I want to do? Yeah. right and this is something I've learned over the years is obviously, especially on Instagram there's so much messaging around like make 100k a month I remember like everything's about cash but not really about the lifestyle and so for years I was just following that and hiring coaches that were based on that not realizing that there was not any support on like my life or consideration of okay but in order for me to do that I'm gonna have to work like 18 hours a day again you know and so I've kind of really pivoted from investing in that kind of person into more of like a specialist just because like now i've got clarity on how i want to be in my business I, I i know how many hours i want to work what i want to be working on what i want to be selling um and so i go for specialists in that if you don't have that awareness yet within your business or clarity which is fine not to have then i'd go for a more kind of generic coach not generic but like overarching coach that looks at every element of your business mm. until you've got that in place before you then go into the specialist if that makes sense yeah yeah
0: that makes a lot of sense so um Kind of talking of that, do you think that that was another moment, not putting like words in your mouth, but like it sounds like it was kind of um another big sort of turning point in terms of like yeah, where you're focusing your energy and what um what you wanted the business to look like,
1: yeah. Uh, Because there was that that definitely was, I think for the first kind of year, year and a half of my coaching business, it was just like, right, the next, the next income goal, the next income goal. And then I invested in a couple of coaches that were renowned for hitting these huge cash months. And then I, I, it was like the first time I got to see the behind the scenes in their business. And I saw how much they worked, how much they were on calls, how burnt out they actually were. And I Mm -hmm. thought, hang on, like, I don't want that life, you know, like, yes, I might chase that goal, but I don't want that life. And so I think obviously until you invest in someone like that, you don't see the behind the scenes. You just see what they share on the front and seeing that was so eye opening, especially also seeing other people. Like there was an, I was in a mastermind, but there was a lot of similar people. A lot of them also burnt out working like ridiculous hours. And I was like, this is not why I've gone into coaching. Um, And what I also realized just from my own experience as well was like, actually the way that from the people I was following and investing in that was being promoted to hit these high cash months was selling offers and using methods that I didn't like. So for example, like I'm not, maybe it's in my um, human design chart, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I actually don't like groups. I don't like group programs. I don't like masterminds. I don't like to be in them. and I don't like to sell them. But obviously the kind of main method that people are taught in coaching is, have you one-to-one, have a group, have a mastermind. So that's what I built. And then, you know, this time, last, this time last, at the end of last year, I was like, I hate this, I hate what i built. You know, like, I don't like having groups. I'm not, I, don't, I just prefer one-to-one. Um, or teaching and so then what I did was close down my mastermind and all my groups which felt like the end of the world yeah. um, and now I just do one-to-one and have a course and it feels I just have so much more freedom you know and I'm, I'm it took a long time for me to realize like it's okay for me to go and build a coaching business in the way that I want to versus what I feel everyone else is doing or what you're told you should do yeah. and I think that's why a lot of coaches burn out because they're just copying a model they don't actually want to have because perhaps they're not aware of the ways like there's so many ways as a coach so you can make money like there's endless ways Mm. I think it's really important to figure out like and I say this to all my clients like how do you want to live your life Mm. you know I think you're a great example of that like you Mm. know you're living a life such in such alignment Mm. you travel you spend time with your family you only work a few hours like you've really focused on okay my lifestyle first and then my business and I think not enough people do that and that's where they burn out and they quit you know
0: yeah yeah I think the burnout rate of like yeah or you know people closing down businesses because they're burnt out is really really high and I think it's really brave to just admit actually to get to that point where everyone around you is doing something can you you know have this realization that actually this isn't how I want to do it or maybe even like that you're not designed to do it you know that way you're not designed to experience success in the same way like I see that a lot in the coaching industry of just like you know it's kind of like stacking models like you were saying of like one-to-one group mastermind and whatever else like maybe your energy isn't built like you know for that and so um I think it's really brave to acknowledge it and then probably yeah like you yeah talk us how you were feeling like talk us through how you were feeling at that moment of just like the realization and then just being like I'm actually gonna you know, burn it all down but just like yeah close everything because I think yeah were people around you kind of questioning it or were you just very sure at that point that you that was yeah what was right for you and you were going to do things differently but I, I like
1: had the thought for a while, okay. had this like, voice that was like, close your groups, close your groups. And I was like, no, 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 I can't. I can't. Like, I just, you know, what else am I supposed to do? I don't know what else I could do, blah, 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 blah. And then I remember I went for a run. Um, and I was like feeling really stressed and really burnt out. And I was like, Do you really want to go into next year with, with this setup, you know, with any time to yourself, et cetera. Like there's so many other businesses that I want to do outside of coaching as well that I was like, I'm getting too absorbed in this one and not giving time to all the other ones that I want to do. And so then I remember I was going for a run and I said to myself, right, I'm going to close my uh, group and mastermind down by the end of the year. And then I just started crying. Yeah. Like I literally was like crying, like, Oh my gosh. Like, I guess, yeah. Almost like my body was waiting for me to make that decision. yeah, and, Like rejoice. Yeah. Um, and then when I had that reaction, I was like, right, I have to do it. But I was yeah. absolutely terrified. I was terrified of telling my clients. I was terrified of like sharing on social media. I was, I think cause I'd built, especially with one group that I had for like over two years, I'd felt such a like identity, like connection yeah. to it yeah. that it felt, terrifying to to close it down and also a bit like embarrassing but like why is she closing that down yeah I just thought I physically like I can't do this anymore I can't run this anymore um and I think I think what happened then as well is like I realized okay I want to be really known for one thing you know at the time I was teaching any kind of marketing and I'd kind of fallen down the route of teaching how to get clients from Instagram because that's kind of what everybody teaches and I was like actually I know so many other methods to get clients that I just never talk about because everyone poo-pooed all the methods that I did but I was like actually they're really good methods so I kind of did a double thing of closing down the groups and then just talking about the methods that I like um, and raising more awareness on that and then bringing out a course like on that and I think those two things and that shift has made such a difference this year like it, my business has grown so much more but I've also had like I've traveled every single month of this year sometimes for like three weeks at a time and it's been fine you know I haven't had 100 boxes 10 slacks five emails 20 calls like it's been you know two calls every now and then and I think that's also like a thing of there's so much messaging online now of like oh happiness comes at 20k months 40k months 50k months and it's like not everyone actually wants that and also yeah. often people that are chasing that like probably don't have good profit margins because actually if you were like making 20K a month, but your expenses were like 2K, you're pocketing 18 grand. Like that's a lot every single month, right? So then I think it's more about like the lifestyle that you have, you know, and thinking about what 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 do I need the money for? Because I think also we chase the money without knowing what it's for, just, just to say I've got it. Whereas if you think like, okay, I want to travel mm-hmm. here in order for me to do that. I need X amount. Okay, that's what I'll sell. And for some people, actually, that could just be like, I'll have five one-to-one clients. That's actually not that stressful to manage. Maybe you make 10, 12, 15K months from that and that's it. That's your whole coaching business, you know? But I think there's so much shame put online for having something like that, you know, or even just a course, you know, like I really love passive income, building passive income. Um, But again, that's always like poo-poo, not poo-pooed, but like people are saying like, I don't know, you can't hit high cash months with something low ticket. You absolutely can. Like you absolutely can. And I think it's about just paying attention to, who you follow and what you want and like making sure the two are aligned and if not just kind of make finding the crowd that is aligned with what you want to achieve so that you feel like reassured that you can do what it is that you want to do if that makes sense yeah.
0: definitely I think that'll be such a re- like refreshing reminder for people who are listening just like you know really kind of questioning and like deciding yeah questioning who, who you're listening to what the message is and it does it feel good in I'm always saying to my clients like how does it feel in your body you know like you know what does it feel like through your authority like is, is this like just like you were saying like is this really what you want and I, I do think because there's been such a boom in the industry of just like and, and very popular messaging around like reaching you know your next income goal whether that's you know 10k 20k 50k 100k that like I I feel as though we're going to start to see a shift. I think we've already seen it already of just like people doing more value based marketing and like lifestyle, you know, to, um, because you, like you, like you, you know, shared with us, you just never know what's going on behind the themes of like really big cash months, And it, it might be that, you know, it is all fine. And they, you know, are living the life that they want. But, um, I think it's about like having discernment and kind of questioning and yeah. Yeah um what sort of yeah lifestyle do you want like you say so um yeah yeah, really respect your bravery in that decision Mm -hmm. and something so kind of huge so um so now um talk to us a little bit about like how you support clients now like the strategies that you focus on what you Mm -hmm. love doing and the kind of results that yeah people see through
1: yeah
0: taking a more sort of targeted approach
1: yeah, absolutely. So now I've kind of gone from teaching all kinds of marketing to predominantly teaching how to use what I call a sales call funnel or a call booking funnel. Um, and it's basically implementing like an automated way to get more calls in your calendar. And the reason why I, I, I'm passionate about it um, and I teach it and I choose to kind of talk about it, even if there's people saying, oh, that's rubbish, is because <laughs> um, actually it ticks all the boxes of what people are looking for in the sense of like, it's passive right so you're not having to kind of hustle you're not if you don't want to post on social media you don't have to like for my agency we've had our funnel for two years i haven't posted since 2023 i said 2020 sorry for three years wow so like you don't need to post you don't need to anything you don't need an email list you don't need anything other than the sales funnel right so the hustle for work is the clients is gone um you also get calls quickly so again with other methods like organic social media or um i don't know people send cold dms or whatever cold emails it can take a bit of time right you're not gonna especially if you're starting if you're new if you post today you probably, and you're new you won't get a client today you've no. got to build the brand you've got to build trust you've got to learn how to sell you know be, be consistent and then you get a client and i think in this day and age there's a massive like impatience with people to get results, you You know, I understand that people have bills to pay, things to do, et cetera. Um, So it solves that problem because when you build a sales call funnel, when you launch it, you know, two clients launch theirs this week in less than 24 hours, they've had between five to nine calls. It's fast, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then also the sales cycle is short. So whereas sometimes, you know, someone might follow you on social media, maybe they DM you inquiring, maybe they ghost you, then two months later they're like, okay, I'm ready. Like you can't control you know, like how long it's going to take for someone. Um, And that's fine, but obviously it can sometimes impact your growth, right? If you say, hey, you know, this month I would like to get to this so that I can pay for this or whatever, you have less control over it. Whereas with the sales call funnel, the sales cycle is quite short, you know? So like, say you launch your funnel on a Monday, by Wednesday, you've got calls in your calendar, by Tuesday, you can speak to someone on Thursday, by Friday, they want to work with you. So in the space of like five days, you can sign clients. And so, uh, you know, I think that's incredible yeah. um especially and, I think as a projector as well it's like
0: you know the ultimate yeah. goal is to sort of like work less earn more be just as a fit or just like efficiency in general
1: like yeah. I think it's perfect you know exactly and because like I I don't like um the dms you know I don't even like it when and so I don't do it anymore you know people have that method of like vote on my story for yeah. what offer you're interested in and then you have to dm them I don't even like to do that I don't like to to reach out or to follow up, but like, I just, oh, it feels horrible. So this is the perfect method for if you're the same, because to you, you know, they come into your calendar, they DM you, like they talk, you don't do anything other than talk to them on a call, you know, um, or like a a Zoom, and they say yes or no. And so it's just, you know, I think think there's again, a lot of messaging around, oh, you know, sales calls are dreadful, selling the DMs. And what I always say with that is, selling in the DMs is obviously phenomenal, right? It's, it's quick it's whatever however to get to a point where you're selling in the dms consistently enough to make the cash that you want to make it takes time you have to build a brand you have to know how to sell in your content in your stories and how to sell in the dm right yes. they're like three different strategies which take time to learn time yes. to implement and time to build enough trust that a stranger that's never spoken to you would message you and say hey take a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand pounds from me without me speaking to you. Like, obviously, it happens, it happens all the time. But yeah. again, it takes a lot of time. And in order for that to work, you have to be really good at sales and content on social media, and you have to post all the time. Yes. So, again, like, that's my counter argument to like, why people shouldn't poo-poo on, I don't know why I keep saying poo-poo, but like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look down Everyone's on,
0: got an opinion in the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, about why their ways kind of, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: and so like, obviously, you know, and you know, I, I love organic. Like I have my own Instagram. I, I love posting content. I like building brand. I never, I'm not saying do not build a brand. I think that's irreplaceable and super important and really yeah. beneficial to your brand. However, if you don't want to just rely on that, mm. then having a sales funnel is just kind of like, a 24-7 team member that doesn't sleep, take a break, have lunch, <laughs> you know, and is working constantly <laughs> to bring you clients. Um, and, and, and also what, what I really like about um, sales calls, especially if you're kind of in the first year or two of your business, is sometimes we have offers that we think people will like and maybe we've sold, but they're not like incredible. They're not an offer that someone's like, wow, I need this. And I think one of the best ways to make your offer irresistible is to speak to enough people that have the same problem that you learn from hearing the same complaints and desires. Okay, that's what I have to create, yes. you know? And a great way to do that is through a sales call, because you speak to 10 people, they all say the same thing. You're like, right, my offer's now going to be this. This is my exact language, my messaging, et cetera. It's like market research and sales in one. Yeah. Um, And it's just a really great way to keep constantly refining your offer over time, which is why I ultimately came up with like the way of doing it that I do it, um, because I'd heard the same thing for three years and was like, right, let me just solve it with this method. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, so that's what I love to, I, I use it for my business. I build it for others. I coach people on it and it's kind of the only thing I really talk about now. Um, I can still help people with their content, et cetera, um, and often I do. So for example, when I one to one clients, so what they'll do is they'll start building their funnel once it's built and it's running with no real maintenance. And then they're like, right now, can we look at my content? I'm like, yeah, sure. So then we dive into the content piece almost after they've got something sustainable running in the background. And then we pivot when they've got more free time um, to looking at their content and building up their brand as well.
0: Yes. Amazing. So what makes, what would you say makes a, a great um, funnel like sales call funnel um, and like how do you how do you create enough connection and build up trust in in that short sort of cycle of time
1: yeah so the way the the number one thing that makes a funnel work or not is how good your offer is and how good your messaging around your offer is so you could you could be phenomenal at what you do and your offer could be great once someone tries it but if you don't know how to position it in the right way and I see this all the time. I see it in like newbies all the way up to like multi-billion pound brands that I do marketing for. Like sometimes we, you know, our messaging is like old or we came up with it at the beginning. We haven't bothered to refine it. Sometimes I think there's a bit of an ego that comes in. of like, I know my target audience. I don't need to refine my messaging. <laughs> yeah. And like 99% of the time you do. Um, and so I think the how you position your offer is what, you know, is the make or break of whether your funnel will work because you could have every other step set up perfectly But if your offer sounds boring, if it's too broad, if it's not actually speaking to the person you're trying to call in, it won't work like like any marketing, really. Like if you're doing email marketing, social media, if the the offer isn't good, no one buys it. Um, Mm -hmm. That is a number one key thing. And then in order to, to build that connection, it's through video. So in a sales call funnel, I include, you know, I encourage people to have a video on there because I kind of say it's almost like a pre-sales call right so okay that person hasn't spoken to you on instagram or whatever but they see the video of you they immediately see your energy your vibe how you dress how you look do they connect do they like it do they not and they decide based on that video yes i'd like to talk to you or not so it's kind of already okay it doesn't build 100 trust there and then but it builds enough for them to want to book a call and that then and then obviously after that you send emails etc um and that starts to build that connection. I think there's also a bit of a misconception that people will only buy from you if they've been following you on social media for a long time. And actually, you know, I've created tons of examples of people where someone doesn't know you on Monday, by Friday, they have paid you thousands of pounds, mm. you know, through through this method, not just for me, but for a lot of my clients as well. So it's down to, yeah. And, and what I'd also point out with the sales funnel is by the time someone comes to a call with you on a sales funnel, they have chosen to take like 10 steps, right? They've seen your ad, Gone to your landing page, watched your video, click to book a call, find a day and time, fill an application form, gone to your thank you page, read your emails, and then come to the call. So all by themselves, without you having to force them, chase them, press to them. They've taken all those individual steps. So when they come to speak to you, they're way warmer than someone that you might call DM. And then they're like, okay, fine, I'll speak to you. They've done one thing, respond and then come to a call. You know, so it's actually easier to close someone from a funnel, even if they're cold. Um, because they've done so much proactive work on their own first
0: Mm, yeah I love that Mm. um I mean in some ways it sounds like too good to be true I'm sure listeners will be thinking like (laughs) but wait what like what's what's the catch kind of thing but um you know I I guess it, it goes to show that it like it can be easy and it doesn't have to be especially if you're coming to it from like having spent and often spending if you're just kind of relying on organic Mm-hmm. marketing and you know put, you know posting regularly um to kind of suddenly see that shift um yeah I think it's a really powerful powerful method basically if you if you if you are time poor or if you are you know if you're kind of it feels like you're not getting anywhere or not getting where you want to quickly enough then
1: um definitely something to try right The it's so funny that you said um it sounds too good to be true. That is the number one objection I get to this method. Really? (laughs) I hear it maybe like three or four times a week. Um, like and what I say in response to that is it's because it's many of us have a belief of it's hard to get clients, right? It requires struggle, it requires effort, it's slow, it takes time. So because we have that belief which you know oftentimes is founded on reality right because we're using slightly slower methods then when something different is brought in it's kind of like causing like a what What? no 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 surely I couldn't I couldn't have just been doing this like how many years ago um and in fact I've got a client at the moment who on um Tuesday launched his funnel um by the 24 hours later we had seven or eight calls Mm -hmm. and he said like I actually feel scared (laughs) by like the volume of calls I feel overwhelmed so like it ends up creating like a different set of fears I guess around mm-hmm. growth um, and success which is something different to have to handle but I say that's a nicer problem to have than not you know. having any clients at all. <laughs> yeah exactly like I'd rather it's deal with that today. um yes. but yeah I hear that all the time all the time mm. and I think it's because as well not enough people talk about this method so everyone's been bombarded for years with organic 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 yes and, you know I'm not the first person to talk about it, but I think in the way that I position it, potentially, because there's a couple of other people that talk about it, but they're men, and their approach is very like, yo, bro, blah, 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 you know, different style, and um, they don't cater to the same audience, and they kind of approach it in a slightly different way. So I think the way I, you know, it's maybe the first time someone's heard of this, right? So they're kind of they're bound to be a little bit like, what? Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think just needs a bit more. Awareness raising for people to see, like, wow, my gosh, much easier way to get clients.
0: Yes, yeah, yes, love that. So, looking forward, what what's what's sort of next for your brand and um, direction that you want to go? So, I really
1: want to kind of build out more of um, education around funnels um, and all types of funnels. So, obviously, I focused initially on um, call funnels. Um, and there's a lot, you know, I want to do with scaling my academy, but I want to introduce other types of funnels, for example, well, webinar funnels to sell courses, or even like um, funnels for live webinars, right, to get more people signing up, like in the coaching space, especially, so many ways people can benefit from funnels. Um, and funnel is such a broad term, you know, essentially, it's just an automated way to achieve a goal. Um, and I just want to bring more awareness to them and then create more offerings and forms of support, more like um you know, what's the word, accessible levels for everyone to learn and implement because, you know, it doesn't have to be, I think if, you know, if you think about the bigger picture of, okay, why is someone a coach? They're a coach to impact more people. If I can help them get in front of more people to grow their impact, then, you know, that's a great thing. Um, And, you know, ultimately then they they can just focus on what they're good at, which is coaching. And I'll just sort out for them in one way or another, how to get more eyes on what they do. so that's it, really. Kind of wanting to build out a funnel world of all different <laughs> funnels, um, and just yeah, teaching people how how to use them, basically. I love that because I often, I often think like
0: one of the keys to like project a success is 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 actually like becoming known for one thing. Because I think mm. you know we're here to be recognized for our knowledge, and
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: how you receive like recognition and invitation in your work. And mm. um, I'm always sort of yeah saying to projector clients, obviously there's so many things that kind of go into it when looking at you know the nuances of your design and how you create opportunity but um one core thing is really like yeah recognition for something
1: um and
0: yeah I feel like you really fit into that kind of like yeah I guess mold of yeah being known for something and then just kind of growing and like you know scaling from there which um yeah it kind of gets you get to do it in a way that feels good for you like um without burning out.
1: Yeah, definitely. But it took me a while to get to that point because I think for a long time, I just kind of wanted to do the same as everybody else, fit in, copy what the success people were doing, um, you know, talk about the same things they speak about, not really want to talk. I feel like I'm going very against the grain talking about this because at least my newsfeed is filled with people talking about the opposite. Yes. Um, so I felt a bit scary kind of branching out and saying something different. But then, yeah, I mean, over time, it's made a massive difference to success, growth, fulfillment, you know, satisfaction. Uh, So yeah, I would encourage. And that's something that, you know, I see a lot as well as in the early years of business, you know, a lot of people are scared to niche down, you know, and the minute, but the minute they do, they have such a sense of relief. They're like, okay, yeah, I can just focus on this person or this problem. I, I even say now, to be honest, that kind of when you become known for something, it's almost less about the person you're helping and just the problem that you're solving. So, you know, like say with the funnels that I do, it's not just for coaches, it's for anyone that wants calls, right? And I'm solving that one problem. So I think for anyone that's maybe listening that is like, okay, how can I refine my offering? Who can you, like, what one problem can you solve? doesn't matter who it's for, but who's, what's the issue? And then yes. talking just predominantly about that, then you become the known, become known as a problem solver for that one problem yes. um, and kind of build, build yourself and your personal brand that way.
0: Yeah. And so what would you say, I ask this to kind of all guests. what would you say if, you, if, if are three kind of key things in, in growing a successful personal brand?
1: One thing I would say, which we've kind of touched on throughout this, is like trying to stay true to who you are as much as possible and almost having like your blinkers on and not, not being uh, distracted by other people and what they're doing and just thinking about, but what do I want to do? What's my lifestyle choice what how do i want to run my business how do i want to make money how much do i want to make that feels good for me irrespective of what everyone else is making the more you can stay true to that i think the the longer you last because you don't burn out you know i think people burn out because they're doing what they don't want to be doing really um so the more you can stay true to yourself the better i think when you're doing that it then leads into the second one which is consistency right you can't build a personal brand showing up every now and then you know and then complaining about it like Whenever I sell every single day, I, wait, I I naturally make more money than when I don't sell or I just post about my dogs or whatever. So I think you can get into the spirit of being consistent, but also being consistent in selling and seeing selling as like a way of serving. You know, if you're solving one problem, when you're not selling, you're not helping that person solve the problem. They're continuing to struggle with that problem. Whereas when you sell, you're helping one person overcome an issue they've got that which can absolutely change their life. So I think if you can look at selling in that way and see, Hey, I'm doing someone a disservice by not selling to them, you know, it's not like you're ever forcing someone to pay you money. You're just saying, Hey, this is what I do. Um, then actually it makes selling so much easier. And so I think the more you can sell and be consistent in selling in whatever capacity you want, it doesn't matter the method ultimately. Um, That makes a huge difference. And then I think, which again, we've kind of touched on, well, I guess it's kind of linked to the, um, the first point, but, Thinking about your business in the long term and therefore setting up offers that are sustainable, you know, so setting up something that rather than thinking, oh, I want to make this much money this month, but then not thinking about the knock on effect the following month. Think about, okay, if in a year I'm making the amount that I want to be making and I'm working the hours that I want to be working, what do I have to build and sell in order for that to happen and for that to sustain? So thinking about, and it could be anything. I think also having an awareness of like, you can sell anything at any price point to anyone in any way and still be a success but just making sure you're thinking of the long term mm-hmm. and building offers that you know either build recurring revenue or you have a big enough audience that you can keep selling to new people every month so that it becomes like sustainable uh, long term and again you don't kind of crash out um and burn
0: yeah amazing mm-hmm. thank you so much it's been cool. so insightful and i know everyone's going to like really take so much from yeah hearing your wisdom so yeah really appreciate your time and um yeah everything you shared today I think people will take so much away from it
1: oh no worries it was great to chat to you I really enjoyed it
0: good so do you want to tell everyone like how they can work yeah. with you and where to find you and um yeah what what I know we've kind of yeah you've spoken about funnels but yeah what exactly are you helping clients with at the moment and, and how can they
1: yeah through? so the main way to find me is through Instagram that's where I'm kind of posting uh, the most content um and The main way I help people right now is through my academy where I show them how to build a sales call funnel. So if you want to learn how to build your own, um, then I've got an academy that I love and adore. Um, We've got some great people in there. Um, It's, you know, the investment's really affordable. I've tried to do that intentionally so that anyone and everyone can, can kind of come in and learn and get the support as well. It's not just about it's kind of a hybrid between a course and a group. In a way that feels kind of good for me, um because conscious people want feedback whilst they're building something like this, it's totally new. So, yeah, the academy is 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 really the kind of the main way to to work with me right now.
0: Brilliant. And so, what's your Instagram handle? Just so Oh,
1: sorry. Know. Yeah, I should have shared that. It's um <laughs> it's I am Julia Smith, but Julia is spelled G I U L I A. Amazing
0: well thank mm-hmm. you so much Julia everyone go find Julia and make your life easier <laughs> I <would> say, <laughs> and I can say that with conviction because I've worked with Julia <laughs> yeah um yeah thank you so much again for your time really appreciate you being here today
1: thank you for having me it's been fun